Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I'm Dylan Tyre, and this is Believe in Ohio State. Welcome to Believe in Ohio State. Well, happy to have you back after what was a very weird past week with Ohio State and Maryland getting canceled. But we're back. We're able to talk about football again this week, and we're able to get ready for a game that definitely looks like it's going to happen as of right now between Ohio State and the Indiana Hoosiers. An unlikely top 10 matchup between these two teams. The Buckeyes ranked third, and the Hoosiers ranked ninth coming into this weekend. So a big game for both of these teams, probably the game of the season in the Big Ten to this point, the first top 10 matchup between Big Ten teams. So a very, very big game for Ohio State, maybe an even bigger game for Indiana, a prove-it game for Indiana, and I cannot wait to preview this game with you throughout the rest of this podcast. But before we get into anything, got to tell you about the people who make this podcast possible at Bet Online. BetOnline.ag has everything you could possibly need when it comes to making some money on Ohio State football. The NFL season's in full swing. College football's in full swing. We've got a lot of other things going on right now. Sports gearing up to get going. The NBA has a start date. So a lot, a lot, a lot to bet on right now. And while you might not be able to be at the games right now, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. They've got game spreads and totals. They've got team props, player props, even coaching props if you're a Ryan Day fan and want some action on Ryan Day. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. They also always have their online casino. That never closes, so if you're not into betting on sports, you've got a casino, an online casino, to make a little bit of money. So there's something for everybody. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. There's free money for you to have out there, so take advantage of it. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So let's get into it. Time to talk some Ohio State football in preparation for this top 10 matchup against the Indiana Hoosiers. 
First and foremost, let's talk a little bit about the cancellation of the Maryland game. It sounds like it was a preemptive cancellation by Maryland, meaning they were not at the COVID-19 threshold that canceled the game itself. The, the, The protocols, the threshold put in place by the Big Ten Conference, that was not met. So the game could have happened. But Maryland said, we're not comfortable with this. We don't want it to spread throughout the program, so we think we need to cancel the game. All right, fair enough, so be it. They're being uh, they're being conscious. They don't want this to ruin the season. They don't want this to ravage the program. That's fine. But why doesn't OSU get a win by forfeit then? Because Maryland canceled this game themselves, so it's kind of weird to me that Ohio State doesn't get a win out of it. And on top of that, it seems a little bit strange that Ohio State doesn't get an opportunity to schedule another opponent. We'd already seen that happen once in the Big Ten where, who was it? Purdue was set to face off against Wisconsin. That game got canceled because of Wisconsin's COVID-19 situation. It wasn't that Wisconsin opted out. That game actually did get canceled because of COVID-19. Purdue had something set up with University of Tennessee Chattanooga, I believe, but the Big Ten nixed that. They said, nope, you can't play. But kind of a different circumstance this past week with Maryland opting out of the game. So Ohio State doesn't get a win by forfeit out of it. Then they can't play anybody else because of it. So it's kind of a bad situation for Ohio State. But the Big Ten did come out this week. They changed things up a little bit. They come out and said, or they came out and said, I should say, that if that happens again, and if there are a couple of free teams to play in the Big Ten, they can work something out within themselves or between themselves within the Big Ten Conference, similar to the way the Pac-12 has done things since they've returned. We've seen a couple of teams not be able to play in the Pac-12 Conference. Um, Two teams without opponents, they said, oh, let's go play each other, let's match up. They've played the game, and it's worked out well, so that is now possible in the Big Ten Conference, but unfortunately, Maryland was the only team that couldn't play in the Big Ten last week. No other team was available for Ohio State to play, so the Buckeyes missed out. So that's the situation there with the Maryland game. Kind of unfortunate for Ohio State. Well, very unfortunate for Ohio State, but what can you do? All you can do is practice, try to get better last week, and move on and prepare for Indiana. So Ohio State with a big opportunity this week to face off against the Indiana Hoosiers. And before we get into everything about that game, we got to go over what the Buckeyes in the NFL did this past week, go over my NFL picks, uh, which uh, were not great this past week, give you my NFL picks for next week. Then we're going to get into things in regards to Ohio State and Indiana. We're also going to talk to Jake Jarvis a little bit later in this episode. He's going to have his score prediction for Ohio State and Indiana. He's going to tell us his thoughts about the Hoosiers. Uh, So we've got all that to look forward to. But right now, it's time for Buckeyes in the NFL. Three notes this past weekend from the National Football League about various former Buckeyes. First and foremost, Devon Hamilton, defensive lineman, registered his first career sack for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who did he take down? Aaron Rodgers, pretty good guy to have your first sack against. So Devon Hamilton, congratulations on your first of hopefully many National Football League sacks. The first one against possibly the greatest quarterback of all time in Aaron Rodgers. Don't come after me, Patriots fans and Tom Brady fans, but Aaron Rodgers, maybe I should say the most talented quarterback of all time. 
Now on to Washington, Terry McLaurin. What can't this guy do? I feel like I talk about him every single week. Terry McLaurin led the Washington football team with seven catches for 95 yards. Unfortunately, not enough to beat the Detroit Lions as Matt Prater hammered a last-second field goal to win that game for Detroit. So Terry McLaurin, seven catches, 95 yards. Also had a big run in that game, but uh, his team comes out with the L. Then uh, a longtime Buckeye, Malcolm Jenkins, he had a massive second-half interception for New Orleans, helping the Saints to beat the San Francisco 49ers. So the guy's been in the NFL a long, long time. He was at Ohio State a long, long time. Malcolm Jenkins still kicking in the National Football League. Huge interception to help the Saints beat the 49ers. So uh, there you have it. A couple notes from the National Football League. Standout performances by Buckeyes now in the NFL. And with that, it's time to get into my NFL picks. We'll start off with what I did last week. And like I hinted, it was not very good. If you're just joining me for the first time this week, every single week I pick the Bengals, the Washington football team, the Saints, the Raiders, the Lions, and the Colts because those teams boast the most former Buckeyes now in the National Football League. So every week I pick those games. I also pick Sunday night football and I pick Monday night football. So let's quickly go over our picks from last week. The Colts and the Titans, I had the Colts plus two and a half. I thought they were going to win that game outright because I'm not big into the Titans right now. I'm not buying what they're selling. I do, however, like the Colts a lot and their defense. So I had them plus two and a half. That bet hit on Thursday night football. So I started off a very strong 1-0, but uh, you know what hit the fan after that. Sunday at 1 Eastern, I had the Lions by four points against Washington. They win by three on the last second field goal. So I missed that bet. I'm 1-1. One one. Then we go to the late slate of games. Sunday at 4.05, the Broncos and the Raiders. I thought the Broncos were going to come to play. I thought they were going to make things difficult for the Raiders because similar to how I feel about the Titans, I'm not fully bought in on the Raiders. I'm not sure what they are right now. I liked the Broncos to step up in that game. They did not. They did not cover the five points for me, so I fell to one and two. Then Sunday at 425, it was the Bengals and the Steelers. The Bengals were seven and a half point underdogs in that game. I thought the Bengals were trending upwards. They still might be, but uh, I thought they were going to give the Steelers a little bit better of a game. I thought Joe Burrow was going to keep things close for the Bengals in that game. That was not the case. I think the Steelers are the real deal. Their defense is very, very good. They have a good offense to go along with that scary defense. So they won big in that game against the Bengals. I lose the Bengals plus seven and a half. I start off one and three. Another game Sunday at 425, I had the 49ers and the Saints. My pick was the 49ers plus nine because I'm not a big Saints believer this season. I think they haven't looked fully together all year. I thought nine points was way too much for a 49ers team that I know is hurt, but I feel like they're very, very stingy week to week. They've pulled out some interesting wins this season. So I liked them to cover the nine points. They did not do that. The Saints won that game big, so I fell to one and four. Then we went to Sunday Night Football, the Ravens at the Patriots. Are the Ravens a fraud team? I thought they were much better than they were against the Patriots. They did not look good against the Patriots. They don't just uh, miss the cover. They lose that game outright. So the Patriots beat the Ravens. I lose the Ravens minus seven. So then I go to one and five. Thankfully, Monday Night Football salvaged the week just a little bit. The Vikings at my Chicago Bears. The first time this season I have picked against the Bears. Well, I knew what was going to happen. 
The Bears' offense sucked. Their defense was great. The Vikings were just okay in the game, but good enough to win because the Bears' offense is that bad. The Vikings cover the three-point spread. I hit that bet. I finished the week off at 2-5, and five, and on the season, I am now just one game over 500 at 33-32. and 32. Let's hope to change that this week. I'm hoping to give myself a little bit of cushion when it comes to my overall record this week. So here we go. Six picks. First off, Sunday at 1 Eastern. It's the Lions at the Panthers. The Panthers are one and a half point favorites in this game. I like the Panthers over the Detroit Lions. Uh, Whether or not Christian McCaffrey even plays this week, I think the Panthers are a better team than the Lions. I think the Panthers are a stingy team that have played some tough games this season. Teddy Bridgewater seems to always keep them in it. So I like the Panthers by one and a half over the Lions. The pick is the Panthers minus 1.5. Pick number two, Sunday at 1 Eastern as well. It's the Falcons and the Saints. My pick is the Saints by five in this game. They're going to be without Drew Brees. But I don't think it's going to matter very much. I think Jameis Winston is going to step into this offense and be very, very good. He's got a lot of weapons. He's got that big arm. He just can't turn the football over. And I think they're going to be pretty conservative with the play calling. I think Alvin Kamara is due for a big game. Well, he's not due because he had a big game this past week with three touchdowns. But I think he's going to have a big game, maybe I should have said. And it's the Falcons. The Falcons are not very good. They're a confusing team. They can't seem to put it all together. So I like the Saints by five. Saints minus five is pick number two. Pick number three, also Sunday at 1 Eastern, the Bengals at the Washington football team. I was very surprised to see the Bengals as underdogs coming into this game. The Bengals are plus two going into Washington. Um... I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about this game. I just think the Bengals are better than the Washington football team. Alex Smith has been good. He's been been surprisingly good for Washington. They were in that game against the Lions. They lost on a last-second field goal. But I think the Bengals are, are decent. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I like their offense a lot. I think they have a ton of weapons. So I like the Bengals plus two at Washington. I think they're going to win that game outright. The pick is Bengals plus two. On to pick number four. Now we go to the later slate of games. Sunday at 425, it's the Packers at the Colts. The Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. It's a tough pick. I think the Packers are good. They obviously have Aaron Rodgers. He's always dangerous. But I'm going to go with the Colts minus two-and-a-half because I think their defense is going to be a little bit too much for uh, the uh, the offense of the Packers. And I think their offense has enough. The Colts offense, that is. I think the Colts offense has enough to to win this game. So I like the Colts minus two and a half, but it's going to be a good game. One of the better games this season, I think, and uh, a potential matchup of Super Bowl caliber teams, I would say. I think the Packers could get there, and I think the Colts could get there. I think their defense is that good, and I think they're decent enough on offense. I think Phillip Rivers still has enough in the tank to make them a contender this season. So my pick is the Colts minus two and a half. Pick number five, Sunday Night Football. It's the Chiefs at the Raiders. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites. Not a big explanation for this one. I like the Chiefs by a touchdown in this game because I think they always show up when it comes to primetime. I feel like the Chiefs have had a quietly good season. They have one loss right now. I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about them despite Patrick Mahomes uh, being one of the favorites for MVP this season. I think the Chiefs are really, really good. And I don't think the Raiders are that good. Like I said earlier, I don't know what they are. I think they're kind of a suspect team. And I think the Chiefs always show up in these big games, these primetime games. So Patrick Mahomes is going to give us a vintage Patrick Patrick Mahomes performance and win this game big. I like the Chiefs minus seven on Sunday night football over the Raiders. 
Last pick of the week, pick number six, Monday Night Football. It's the Rams at the Buccaneers. My pick is the Rams plus three in Tampa because uh, similar to the way I've talked about the Saints, I still can't quite figure out the Buccaneers this season. I thought they had it together a couple of weeks ago. Then uh, maybe not so much. So I'm not quite sure what the Buccaneers are. I'm not quite sure what they have. I don't know if they know what they are. But what I do know is the Rams defense is very, very good. I think the defense, I think Aaron Donald, I think Jalen Ramsey, I think they're going to cause fits for Tom Brady and this offense of Tampa Bay. So I like the Rams plus three on the road in Tampa on Monday Night Football. I would not be surprised to see them win this game outright. So those are my six picks this week for the National Football League. Go uh, go with them at your own risk. Trail at your own risk. I'm going to go over the picks one more time. Pick number one, the Panthers minus one and a half. Pick number two, the Saints minus five. Pick number three, the Bengals plus two. Pick number four, the Colts minus two and a half. Pick number five, the Chiefs minus seven. And pick number six, the Rams plus three. So that does it for the NFL talk. Right now it's time to get into Indiana and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And why don't we start things off with my friend Jake Jarvis, Ohio State super fan. He's going to share his thoughts on Indiana and give us his score prediction for this week, the Hoosiers and the Buckeyes at the shoot. I mean, Indiana can play. We've talked about them the past couple of weeks. They've been a surprise team in the Big Ten this season. One of those teams where you don't expect a whole lot from them, but they always give Ohio State a little bit of difficulty. I don't think they've beaten Ohio State in 24 seasons, though. So, I mean, the Buckeyes have been dominant against Indiana. But what do you think about the Hoosiers coming into this game? They've got a great quarterback, good wide receivers, and their defense has been fantastic. They're creating a ton of turnovers, and that's really why they are where they are. They're scoring a ton off their turnovers. Yeah, uh, Michael Penix Jr. He's a he's a good quarterback. Um, what I saw against Michigan State, um, he tr- he struggled a bit in the first half, and then he just, he came back and he dominated the game. You know, I like the energy with uh, with Indiana coach. Um, that that energy, like I saw a, lot, a couple weeks ago, him jumping up with a player had a bruise on his cheek. <laughs> um, you know, that kind of stuff that helps your team. If if you're down and you don't help your team, then you're not going to win. That energy, he calls himself decaffeinated, which I think is a perfect name for him. But um, I think Indiana, you know, they haven't been ranked highly since like 1980s, 1960s. Um, I think they have a chance. Um, I wouldn't say against Ohio State, but I'd say against other teams. And um, I'm just really proud of the way Indiana has played this year. Yeah, their head coach, Tom Allen, who you referenced there, he, I mean, he deserves all the awards this season, I think, because he's had that team ready to play every week. They've won some big-time games. I mean, every big game on their schedule so far, they've come away with a victory. Obviously, they're undefeated going into this game against Ohio State, but this is their biggest game this season, facing off against the mighty number three-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. So just tell me this before you give us the score prediction. You thought the game that didn't happen against Maryland, you thought that that was going to be a little bit of a shootout. You thought it would be closer than maybe a lot of people did because in that game, Ohio State would have been facing the best quarterback they have played all season in Talia Tagovailoa. And that would really get them ready for now Michael Penix Jr., who's probably 
the best quarterback that they will play this season. I would say, I, I feel comfortable saying that Michael Penix Jr., probably the best quarterback they will play this season in the Big Ten, regardless of who's in the Big Ten championship game. I think Penix has played that well this season, and I think he's that highly regarded. So, I mean, what are your feelings on, on this week's game? Do you see it being close? Do you see Ohio State taking strides on offense in the run game? Do you see them taking strides on defense? Or do you think it's going to be similar to what you thought the Maryland game was going to be? Maybe a little bit of a shootout between two teams. Yeah, I'd say this week, I, I think it's going to be a close one. We have both good quarterbacks, and you have Justin Fields and for Indiana, Michael Penix. Um, I think – that's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to say 45 to 35. 45-35. So a 10-point Ohio State victory over Indiana? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with – let's see. I was thinking about this driving back home to talk to you. I think I'm going to go 48-20 Ohio State. 48-20. So I like a couple of field goals from Indiana, a couple of touchdowns. But the biggest difference for me in this game – is the turnovers, where Ohio State barely turns the ball over. And if they turn it over against Indiana, I'm with you. I think they could be in a little bit of trouble. I see it being a close game. But I just don't see Ohio State turning the ball over against Indiana, and I think they they capitalize too much. But, you know, I'm kind of with you there. I see Indiana being able to move the ball against Ohio State, being able to have a little bit of success. A quarterback like they have is always going to be hard to stop. You can't stop him for the entire game. You can only hope to contain him. But I think Ohio State wins pretty handily. I like 48-20 in that range. I think that's a good score. I like that. All right. So you're you're what where were you at again? 45-35? Yep. 45-35. So a 10-point Ohio State victory. I'm at 48-20. The game opened up with Ohio State is 21-point favorites. So you're liking uh, you're liking Indiana to cover the spread here. You think it's going to be a little bit of a difficult game for Ohio State? I think so. Uh, they haven't played since the Penn State game, so you know, against the Rutgers, excuse me. But I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. And you know, um, just the way Indiana's played this this year. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a 10-point game. Um, back in 2018, Ohio State struggled against Indiana. Excuse me, it was 2016. I think it's, it's going to be that kind of game again. The energy from Tom Allen and um, Ryan Day, um, he has a lot of energy as well. I, I see this game a fun game to watch. Yeah, this is going to be – I'm with you there. I think it's going to be really fun, a really fun coaching matchup against, uh, against two popular coaches in college football right now. The last thing I'll ask you here in regards to the game, do you see this being more of the Indiana defense is going to make things difficult for Ohio State's offense, or do you think that Ohio State's defense might struggle a little bit against uh, Michael Penix in this Indiana offense? I think Ohio State, I think their defense is better. Uh, what I saw against Michigan State, the defense could have played a lot better. You know, at the end of the game, Michigan State tried to score, but 24 nothing shut out against MSU. I just think. Ohio State's defense is going to dominate in this game. Oh, okay. So you're big into the OSU defense. You think this is their their coming out party against a good offense in Indiana? Yeah. All right. All right. So there you have it from Jake Jarvis. Jake, you got any last things you want to say, or are you good for this week? You good for Indiana week? I'm just ready for this week. We'll see what happens. All right, Jake. Well, we appreciate it, man. You say 45-35. I say 48-20. Either way, it's an Ohio State victory. The Buckeyes stay undefeated, so let's hope it goes that way. And uh, we will talk to you next week, man. Excited for it. Go Bucks.
All right, go Bucks. All right, so a big thanks again to Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis. So as you hear there from Jake, he thinks this week is going to be a close game, a shootout between Ohio State and Indiana. Uh, I tend to disagree, but Jake has been very, very accurate as long as I know him when it comes to the score predictions for Ohio State. So don't discount what Jake says. I mean, he just knows something. I don't know what it is, but Jake always seems to know something. But I don't think Indiana is as good as they seem to be so far this season. And I'm going to tell you why as we get into things here. I think Ohio State is going to dominate this game because I think they're that much better than Indiana. And I think Indiana has been fortunate in certain circumstances this season. But first and foremost, let's talk about the spread. I mentioned it there with Jake. Ohio State opens this game as 21-point favorites. The total is 66 points. So uh, they're expecting a little bit higher of uh, higher scoring of a game. I should say. So the Buckeyes by 21 is what Vegas likes, and the total is 66 points. Can watch this game Saturday at noon on Fox. So a big game, like we talked about, a top 10 matchup, number nine versus number three overall. And we're going to see if Indiana lives up to that top 10 billing. A couple notes for Ohio State before we talk about the Hoosiers. The Buckeyes won 51 to 10 over Indiana last season. Indiana has not beaten Ohio State in the past 24 tries, 24 consecutive seasons. Ohio State has beaten the Indiana Hoosiers. So not a lot of hope there for Indiana when it comes to at least the history going into this game against Ohio State. And remember, Ohio State's had some time to prepare for this game. Their game last week against Maryland was canceled early in the week, so the Buckeyes have had nearly two weeks to prepare. Had a good week and a half to, uh, to prepare for this game. An unexpected bye week. Players are going to be healthy going into this game, healthier than they would have been going into Maryland. But think about this also. Ohio State kind of feels like they were robbed of that game against Maryland. It's a hiccup in their season. They want to play. So they're going to be hungry to prove something against uh, against Indiana in this game. And remember the last game that Ohio State played against Rutgers. They, they were left with a bad taste in their mouth at the end of that game. Rutgers was able to come back, put some points on the board, and it didn't look on the scoreboard like Ohio State dominated the way it felt watching the game and the way it felt for those guys on the field. So Ohio State's hungry, and they want to prove to the nation that they are the best team in the country. So they want to win big this week. They want to dominate Indiana, and they've been preparing for a week and a half to do so. So let's talk about the Hoosiers. Let's talk about where they have excelled this season and why they are ranked ninth in the country. They're undefeated. They're 4-0 coming into this game against Ohio State. They are coming off of a big shutout victory this past weekend against Michigan State, 24-0. So far this season, they opened up beating Penn State 36-35 in overtime week one. Then they hammered Rutgers 37-21 week two. Then they beat Michigan even worse week three, 38-21, a game that I watched and they handled Michigan. The Wolverines looked awful in that game and Indiana looked quite good. Then, like I said, last week, week number four, they beat Michigan State 24 to nothing. So Indiana has been good this season. They've also been very fortuitous this season because their defense is forcing a lot of turnovers. And the guy that's benefited the most from that is their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. Very athletic quarterback, and he's gotten stronger and stronger 
every single week. Had a so-so game against Penn State to open the season, but he's been very good the past three weeks. Three touchdowns against Rutgers, three touchdowns against Michigan. Then this past week, a little bit of a hiccup, but still good. 24 to nothing against Michigan State. Had a pair of touchdowns, but also threw two interceptions. So that, that pair of interceptions was actually his first since the Penn State game. So for the most part, he's been good. Uh, he's been good when it comes to turning over the ball this season. He has kept the ball in Indiana's hands. And frankly, he's been the second best quarterback in the Big Ten this season. Of course, number one is Justin Fields. But when it comes to the stats, when it comes to the production, Michael Penix has been the second best quarterback in the Big Ten this season. That may surprise you. That may not, depending on how much you know about Indiana. And when it comes to this game against Ohio State, Michael Penix Jr. is going to be the key to Indiana's success. He has to be calm, he has to be composed, and he has to be good in this game. He has to be dynamic. He has to make things difficult for the Ohio State defense, and in particular, their defensive backs. Statistically, very good this season for Michael Penix Jr. 1,070 yards, 9 touchdowns, and 3 interceptions. But an interesting number for him. He's completing passes at only a 60% rate, 60.67%. So a little bit closer to 61 if you want to round up. But no matter how you cut it, that's not very good. You want to be at at least 65%. A guy like Justin Fields is firing at 80% plus this season, which is very good. Frankly, it's ridiculous. But Joe Burrow last year for LSU was right around 70%, and that's very, very good. But 60%. That's not going to get it done. So Michael Penix has thrown a lot this season. That's why the numbers are gaudy. That's why the numbers are so big. But he hasn't necessarily been the most efficient. And Indiana's going to rely on the pass. They're going to try to throw the ball a lot. Their rushing defense or their rushing offense isn't very good. They're averaging only 2.7 yards per carry this season. So don't expect them to be very good in the run against Ohio State. The Buckeyes have a stout front seven. I fully expect Indiana to try to win this game through the air because they've got good weapons and they've got a good quarterback. But going back to the run quickly, it's not like their running back, Stevie Scott, is bad. He's fourth in the Big Ten right now with 319 yards. He's second with five touchdowns, but he's averaging under four yards per carry. So they're trying to run. They're just not doing it very successfully. They're running in the red zone. They're not running for big yardage. They're averaging less than three yards a carry as a team, and he's averaging under four yards a carry as an individual. So like I said, expect Indiana to try to stress Ohio State's defensive backfield. Their offense has been good because of Michael Penix Jr. in the past. Outside of their struggles with the run, their pass has been that good. Their offense currently ranks third in the Big Ten. Their defense is fourth. So they've been a pretty complete team. And their defense has been key in particular because it leads the Big Ten with 12 sacks and it leads the Big Ten with 10 interceptions. They've also forced a couple of fumbles and created turnovers that way this season. But the big deal is the sacks and the interceptions. 12 sacks, 10 interceptions. Both numbers lead the Big Ten, and because of all those turnovers and because of good field position, they've created 51 points off of turnovers this season. That averages out to almost 14 points, two touchdowns every single game. I mean, that's crazy. They are taking a lot. They are taking a lot, a lot, a lot from these turnovers. They're generating a lot of offense from turnovers which is why I feel like they've been fortunate this season, which is why I said they are fortuitous. They've had good field position. 
They've had a lot of turnovers, and the offense is taking advantage of that. So their defense has been good forcing those turnovers, but is the offense as good as we think it is? Maybe not. And I say that because a team like Ohio State doesn't turn the football over a lot. They aren't like these other teams with inexperienced quarterbacks, with quarterbacks that haven't been good this season. Sean Clifford, Joe Milton, Rocky Lombardi, things like that. Guys that have not been good this season at the quarterback position. Well, Indiana's going to get a different taste when it comes to Justin Fields. He hasn't turned the football over this season. The guy has more touchdowns than he does in completions this season. So Justin Fields is going to be a problem for Indiana. And if Indiana can't take the ball away from Ohio State, I don't think this game is going to be close. And if Indiana can't score with Ohio State, this game is going to be a massive, massive blowout. And I don't know how good Indiana's offense is going to be without the field position, without the turnovers, because I just don't see Ohio State giving them those things. Drew Christman's a fantastic punter. He's going to pin you deep if Ohio State has to punt. Justin Fields, a guy that doesn't turn the football over, you're not going to get the interception against Justin Fields. So, I mean, I just don't see Indiana winning this game. I don't see this game being close because they've been so fortunate with the turnovers and the field position this season. So that's why I think Ohio State poses a major, major issue. And while this is billed to be a top 10 matchup, I don't know if it truly is. But uh, outside of those notes on Indiana, I've got a couple matchups to watch in this game. First and foremost, I talked about the weapons for Indiana. They've got Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. They've got Stevie Scott running the ball, but their wide receivers are very, very good. They've got Ty Freifogel and Wap Fillier. What a name there, Wap Fillier. Not sure if you saw the graphic from earlier this season, but he's named Whopper. His nickname is Wap because as a child, he loved Burger King Whopper so much. So his parents just started calling him Wap. It stuck. Wap Fillier. What a football name right there. Fry Fogel and Wap Fillier. But those guys are the big weapons outside for Indiana. Ty Fry Fogel, Wap Fillier. So a matchup to watch in this game, those two against the Ohio State secondary, which has struggled at times this season. Freifogel leads the Big Ten with 424 receiving yards this season. He's second with four touchdowns, and he's third with 24 catches, so a capable wide receiver. Fillier also has 24 catches, so tied for third in the Big Ten with that number, and he's 10th in receiving yards, but he only has one touchdown. But two potent weapons on the outside and Ty Freifogel and Watt Fillier. So Sean Wade's going to have his hands full. Seven Banks is going to have his hands full. Everybody in that defensive backfield for Ohio State is going to have their hands full. They're going to have to step up. They're going to have to be good. But my money is on that happening because they're very, very motivated after what happened in that Rutgers game. The Ohio State defensive backfield was exposed at times in that game. So the emphasis has been on correcting those mistakes for the past two weeks. They wanted to correct those mistakes against Maryland. They couldn't. Now they're going to have the opportunity to do it against Indiana in a top 10 matchup on a massive stage, big noon kickoff on Fox, all that. So I think the Ohio State defensive backfield is going to step up in this game, and they're going to make things tough on Indiana. Now, the next thing I want to say is the Ohio State front seven against the Indiana offensive line. That's a matchup to watch for me because Michael Penix Jr. has not been good under pressure this season. He's only been sacked five times, so I mean that offensive line has been good. So Ohio State has to put an emphasis on getting to the quarterback and making things difficult this week. If it doesn't mean sacking Michael Penix, it means getting him on the run, making him uncomfortable in the pocket, getting bodies in his face, all that sort of stuff. Hitting him after the play, not after the whistle, but you know what I mean. The stat quarterback hits, getting him on the ground, making him uncomfortable. 
That is going to be a key because you have to make Michael Penix Jr. uncomfortable if you want to keep Indiana out of this game. He's been a dynamic quarterback this season. He's been very, very good getting the ball outside to Fry Fogle and Wap Fillier. So, I mean, you, you have to pay attention to him. It's not like he's a bad quarterback. He's the second-best quarterback in the Big Ten Conference. He's the best quarterback you have faced so far this season. So you have to pay attention to him, and you have to make things difficult. So I expect to see a, a big effort from the Ohio State front seven, in, in particular, rather, this defensive line. They're going to have to get after the Indiana offensive line and have to get after this quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. So watch out for that, the Ohio State front seven against Indiana. Now, on the other side of things, watch out for the Indiana front seven against the Ohio State offensive line. Because as I mentioned earlier, Indiana leads the Big Ten with 12 sacks this season. The only real hope they have of quieting Justin Fields in this game is getting to him. They need to get pressure on Justin Fields and make things difficult. If they do that, they have an opportunity to to create turnovers, whether it be a strip sack, whether it be making him force a ball, throwing an interception. They have to have Justin Fields under pressure because if he has time to throw the football, they're cooked. They have no chance. Justin Fields is that good. I mean, I don't even think that's a question. If you think I'm crazy saying this, uh, uh, look yourself in the mirror because you need to you need to watch some football. Justin Fields has been that good this season. So the only real hope they have of slowing down this Ohio State offense, I believe, is getting to the quarterback and making things hard for Justin Fields. And even then, he's shown that he can get outside the pocket, make throws on the run, make throws outside of the pocket, anything you want to see, Justin Fields has been good at. So uh, I think Indiana's only hope in this game is getting to the quarterback and trying to create some sort of turnovers that we frankly have not seen from Justin Fields in his entire career as an Ohio State Buckeye. So those are my matchups to watch this week. It's going to be a big battle in the trenches between these two teams, and I think Ohio State's talent in depth is just going to show out, and I think uh, I think that's why they're going to win this game big. What did I say with Jake? 48-20, I think Ohio State's going to win. I like that number. I think Indiana's going to be able to move the ball a little bit at times in this game, but I think Ohio State's just going to overwhelm and be too much. A couple of other players to watch for the Hoosiers in this game against Ohio State noon on Saturday. Um, Stevie Scott, like I said, he's the bell cow at running back, but if he goes down for whatever reason, Sampson James will be the Indiana running back. He's got 26 carries this season. Uh, another um, weapon that Penix Jr. has uh, has available is their tight end, big tight end Peyton Hendershot, six foot five or six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds. He's third on the team with fourteen catches, second with three touchdowns. So watch out for his big body in the red zone. Should Indiana make it that far down the field, Peyton Hendershot could cause some problems, mismatches for Ohio State. Wide receiver Miles Marshall is third on the Hoosiers with 129 receiving yards this season. He's done it on 11 catches, so he could be a potential weapon for Penix Jr. And then on defense, they have a lot of contributors. It's not necessarily one standout, but uh, if you had to pick one guy, I would say watch out for defensive back Jalen Williams. He had an interception in each of the first three games for Indiana this season, did not have one against Michigan State but his three interceptions are tied for the lead in the Big Ten Conference. Outside of that, Taiwan Mullen leads Indiana with two and a half sacks. He also has two interceptions on the season, but uh, like I said, they've done it with uh, a lot of different contributors. In total, eight different Hoosiers have a sack this season. Six different Hoosiers have an interception, so uh, they're getting production from a lot of different guys, but 
I just don't see it happening this week. As we get into my picks for the game, I think Ohio State wins this game big because the Buckeyes are just too talented. And on top of that, I think they are supremely motivated going into this game against Indiana, not just to knock off Indiana and show that Indiana who Indiana isn't who uh, everybody thinks they are, but Ohio State wants to prove who they are. They want to prove that they are as good as Notre Dame, that they are as good as Alabama, as Clemson, all these teams in the top 10 right now, in the top five, in the running for the college football playoff. Ohio State wants to prove that they're not only as good as these teams, they want to prove that they are better than these teams, and they have an opportunity to do it in a top 10 matchup. Uh, A lot of implications in this game when it comes to the Big Ten, when it comes to the college football playoff, all, all that sort of stuff. Ohio State has a stage to to really show the nation how good they are, and I think they're going to take advantage. So right now we're going to get into my picks. Like I said with Jake, I like Ohio State 48-20, to 20, so that has them covering the spread. The spread 21 points this week. Um, I'm going to give you a couple numbers. Um, the numbers don't necessarily bode well for Ohio State, but I just think the Buckeyes uh, stack up so well against Indiana this week, a lot going in the Buckeyes' favor. So I like the Buckeyes minus 21, but Indiana 4-0 against the spread this season, and they are 7-2 and against the spread in their last nine games against Ohio State, including 5-0 and in games played at Ohio Stadium in Columbus. So, I mean, Indiana has given Ohio State fits. They've covered seven times out of their last nine games against Ohio State and five times against uh, Ohio State in Columbus. So, I mean, the Buckeyes have had their hands full with Indiana, but I'm still sticking with Ohio State. I like them by 21. And then we go to our total. The over-under is set at 66. The total has gone over in four of Indiana's last six games, and the total has gone over in six of the last nine games between OSU and Indiana. I like the over 66 this week because, like I said, I think the Buckeyes win big. I think the Hoosiers are able to score a few times in this game. And whenever that's able to happen, I think the over's a lock when it comes to Ohio State because the Buckeyes aren't aren't going to be kept off the board. They're not going to be kept off the scoreboard in this game. The Buckeyes are going to score in bulk. They're going to win this game big. They're going to cover the 21 points, and I truly believe the over 66 is going to smash. I think that was was a low number. When I first saw that, that number, the total at 66, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be at least at 70. So I like the over 66. I like the Buckeyes minus 21. Those are the picks for this week. Lock them in. Like I said, I I truly believe Ohio State's going to win this game big. Jacob Jarvis thinks it's going to be a little bit closer, but I don't see that happening without the Buckeyes uh, turning over the football, and I do not think they are going to turn it over against Indiana. Remains to be seen. I could be completely wrong, but my gut is telling me this is the coming out party for Ohio State. They are going to show the nation who they truly are. Ryan Day is motivated. Justin Fields is motivated. Ohio State is motivated. And I think this is the game that they put it all together and they hammer Indiana. So that's going to do it this week on Believe in Ohio State. A great big thanks to Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis for joining me. As always, get those score predictions in with Jake. And I've got to thank you. I would not be doing this podcast if you were not listening. So thank you very, very much for tuning in this week. I hope you trail all my picks. I hope my picks hit for you when it comes to the NFL. And I certainly hope my Buckeyes picks hit for you this week against Indiana. So one more time, big thanks to Jake Jarvis, big thanks to you, and I will talk to you this time next week, hopefully after a big Ohio State victory over Indiana.
The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.